0: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for sportingnews.com. Go there, check out. We're going to continue with our off-season breakdowns of this teams We have right now a story on the Browns' offense and Tyrod Taylor and how they need to start him for the sake of their offense. And we'll also look at the Cowboys and their new look receiving core. And speaking of the Browns, today's show will continue with our uh, previews, kind of reviews as well of what's happened in the offseason, division by division in the NFL. We As we continue to play catch-up for you, set you up for what's coming there in training camp, team's about to go dark for a little while. So, and AFC North is our division now. The previous show was NFC North. You can check out the other shows there that I've done as we continue our run across the division around the Horn. And, uh, you know, you can follow me on Twitter as well at Vinny Iron, Facebook at Vinny Iron. Remember to subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcast, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, we're all over the place on the Locked On NFL Network. So let's uh, dive right into what we have in the AFC North to make it convenient for you, keeping them in alphabetical order, and it's pretty easy where to start in the AFC North. It's the Baltimore Ravens. We'll get to those Browns and Tyrod Taylor in a minute, but when you look at the, the Ravens, big, big changes with the Ravens. Now, we'll start at quarterback, where Joe Flacco, for now, holding serve as the starting quarterback, but big gear they're coming up with Ozzie Newsom hanging it up as GM after this year. You got John Harbaugh on the brink of firing last offseason. So now enters the first round pick Lamar Jackson, the end of the first round here in the draft. They also added Robert Griffin the third, so they're getting some options here if Flacco has another struggling season. But Jackson is really the guy you look at as a future Griffin. It's Just a guy, an immediate backup if something were to happen to Flacco. But you can tell with bringing Griffin and a guy like Jackson that there's a little bit of tweak and change to this Ravens offense. So we'll see how it goes from there. But for now, Flacco holds a job. And for now, Flacco is well off the fantasy football raider still. And radar still and I think it's even more so with Griffin and Jackson they're breathing down him so if he has any struggles this team wants to play defense run the ball more effectively want some more efficiency from the passing game Joe Flacco's got to deliver that and help them finish drives keep them honest uh, allow them to run the ball effectively stay balanced here so Joe Flacco's are going to watch and fancy not a factor at all but if Jackson were to get his opportunity at some point here, we're definitely going to reevaluate the Ravens and their quarterback situation for fantasy football. But Jackson's time is coming. It just is looking more like 2019 for now, unless something happens to Flacco and the Ravens are out of contention. Now let's continue with the look at their backfield. I mentioned their backfield. Running game is very important to the Ravens. We know Alex Collins was a big fantasy factor last year. Former Seahawks draft pick comes over, really found his niche as a power runner here. They still have Buck Allen there and uh, Kenneth Dixon coming back from a season loss there. He a suspension and then an injury. And Dixon, remember, they liked quite a bit. But the notable person out of this mix is Danny Woodhead. He was hurt and then he decided to hang it up here. So, got hurt early. We thought he was going to be a factor here in this running game. But, pretty much I think you go into the season simplified. Alex Collins is still the early down option here. And, Dixon's going to have to work his way back. So, Collins is pretty comfortable there. And, also the red zone runner where Buck Allen Javorius. Buck Allen is the backup and the primary receiving back here. There's less Question marks here. No more Terrence West in this backfield either. So you're looking at uh, Collins, Allen, pretty clear cut early down. And I think they needed some uh, simplicity here. So early down, third down with Collins and Allen. Dixon is a bit of a wild card. Maybe he can fight for a little bit of a job here. But they didn't go out and add anyone to this mix, which helps us for fantasy just to kind of look at this. But uh, I would expect those rules not to change with those two running backs that are returning. Different story at wide receiver, however, for the Ravens. They pretty much have blown up everything that you knew about this team. No more Mike Wallace, no more Jeremy Macklin. Just did an entire remix here. The three new additions right now, and looking like in the starting spots in the three receiver sets, Michael Crabtree coming over. He was released by the Raiders. You have John Brown, who's a free agent, big playmaker we know at times for the Cardinals. He looks like the number two outside. And then you have Willie Snead picked up from the Saints, looking like an option as well. So Brown and Snead we'll figure out who's going to work the slot more. But Crabtree pretty much, you know, is going to be one of the starting outside receivers and probably the number one receiver on this team. Now, they're remixing. It's notable because Brashad Perryman looks farther and farther away from uh, a line two production here as the 15th. 2015 first round pick all out bust he's right teetering right there but uh, the front line of this receiving core totally changed and it's interesting that they went for another guy in the vein that was away from uh, what Mike Wallace and Jeremy Macklin they were kind of speedsters who turned to position possession guys well Michael Crabtree is a solid possession guy so we're going to watch the Crabtree Flacco combination keep an mind at tight end there's a bit of a transition here as well I'll get to that in a moment but crabtree looks like he's going to be a volume eater willie sneed we know had a limited role in new orleans there as he faded he was effective at one point but i think he can breathe new life into this offense john brown's a hard guy to trust to stay healthy so i'd say that right now you go to season those two guys are wide receiver four while crabtree i think has wide receiver two upside because of the scoring potential in this offense. So I think you will definitely be the busiest target here. It can be the most productive. And then you look at uh, Crabtree and the tight end situation here. Nick Boyle, Max Williams returned. They did draft two tight ends here in Hayden Hurst and Mark Andrews. But typically it takes a couple years for those rookie tight ends to settle in here. Hurst could be a big factor in time. Andrews we know is a special receiver, but that also creates a crowd of that position where It's been tough to trust anyone there as a go-to guy ever since uh, Dennis Pitta was out of the mix for Flacco. So, hopefully Crabtree can fill that void, be the red zone scorer as well. So, that's why I think Crabtree has wide receiver 2 upside here playing off this uh, running game. So, Collins, you look at him as an RB2 borderline there. And then uh, Buck Allen off that radar. But in terms of Crabtree, the upside there playing off this running game can be... As a wide receiver too, just because of touchdowns. He can score 8-10 to touchdowns easily in this offense, I think. Looking at uh, the limited options elsewhere to uh, finish drives here that isn't part of Collins and the running game. So there you have the Ravens. They're trying to rise up their passing game. And uh, excited that uh, we have a new sponsor here for Locked On Fantasy Football. It's BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know how they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as pills, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. BlueChew is... Prescribed online, and shipped straight to your door as a discreet package, so no one in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, best of all, no more awkwardness. You know how that goes. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, their pills are cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, there's a special deal for Locked On NFL Network listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free, that's free, when you use the promo code Locked On. just Pay $5 shipping again. That's B L U E CH E W.com. Promo code LOCKED ON to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them again for sponsoring the podcast Locked On Fantasy Football and the rest of the shows on the Locked On Network. Now we continue in alphabetical order with the look at the AFC North teams here on Locked On Fantasy Football. And that takes us to the Bengals, so we're still going to hold it a little bit before we talk about those exciting new-look Browns. A lot of changes in this division overall. The Bengals, however, are more status quo than the other teams. We'll start a quarterback Andy Dalton, same deal. You know how he is. Sometimes can get hot, can be acceptable as a QB2 stream there. QB1, I think that is gone from him. At one point, he had that potential with the scoring and the numbers he was putting up. But right now, Andy Dalton changed backup situation. Matt Barkley, now the backup. AJ McCarron has moved on to Buffalo. So Matt Barkley comes up here. They drafted Logan Woodside there in the seventh round. We'll see if he makes the team. But Andy Dalton, clearly, I mean, he's the pretty standard QB2 use only in friendly matchups. And uh, looking at this division, there's less and less friendly matchups with these defenses. Now, the running game, you look at it, uh, no more Jeremy Hill. They do add Brian Hill from the Falcons, a completely different type back here. Mark Walton is drafted in the fourth round, but still, Giovanni Bernard and Joe Mixon are the top running backs here. Now, Mixon is a... uh, disappointing guy from last year. We thought he was going to do a lot more as a rookie. He just couldn't hold up, had some injuries. Bernard really stepped up and uh, had a big role there as Hill and Mixon kind of didn't... That's Jeremy Hill. And Mixon didn't really contribute as much as they liked. Mixon still showed some flashes there. But Bernard, Mixon, I think it's going to be more of a committee approach. And I think Bernard has proved that he can handle some early-down work as well. I would expect... At some point, the Bengals ideally want this to be a heavy Joe Mixon early down and a scoring mix with Bernard being more the uh, third down. But Bernard just keeps fighting through and being tough there. So I want to sleep on them right now. I'm going to look at them as RB3s just because I want to see how this plays out a little bit in training camp with how the touches may tilt. But Bernard could easily become a bigger factor than Mixon, especially in PPR where I think he's the better receiver. Mixon is a pretty good receiver, but – I think Bernard is just one of those guys that is going to make it hard for his team to just bury him and not use him enough. So that's something I'm going to watch for sure, a battle that you want to see between those two backs for the most touches in the Bengals' offense. Now, we go to tight end there. We'll save wide receiver for last on this team. Tyler Eifert returns. So the question about Tyler Eifert is the injuries, can he shake them off? He's back. He signed another deal here to return as a free agent. First round pick from two thousand thirteen. When we see him healthy, we know he can be a big red zone factor. I still think he's a bit underutilized elsewhere on the field. The offensive changes over over the recent time here have heard how Eifert is used. But Tyler Croft had some flashes there filling in for Tyler Eifert. But Eifert, if he's on and he's healthy, they should use him to stretch the field more A and B has a chance to score a lot of touchdowns as we know from a few years back the year that eifert fully was out there being a big factor so he's a guy that i wouldn't totally forget about i think you can look at him as a back end tight end one and uh, keeping in mind that you're going to draft some insurance pretty high and an upside tight end two. so more of a streaming option potentially platoon there for eifert but he has a chance, to, again, boomer bust type player. So you want to hedge your bets a little bit with Eifert, get a little bit of help. But he's not a bad later flyer as a tight end one, knowing that there are a lot of options that are tight end one, tight end two, borderline, and you want to get one of those just in case things don't work out with Eifert and you really have to at this point as he gets older and the injuries have piled up on him. Now this offensive line, let's hope it's a little bit better. That was a definite factor in slowing down the running game. Cordy Glenn and Billy Price are the new pickups. Glenn in the trade with Buffalo takes over at left tackle, where they really struggled with Andrew Whitworth. They really needed some help inside after losing Kevin Zeitler last year. They really didn't replace him. They bring in Billy Price, first-round pick for Ohio State. So Glenn and Price should have a bigger factor into this running game where it's a little bit more respectable this year, and that's going to certainly help Bernard and Mixon. Now, wide receiver core, pretty much the status quo here. Auden Tate. Was the draft pick here. The 7th rounder there from Florida State. We'll see how he fits in. They were very excited about what Cody Core could do. Tyler Boyd and him are kind of battling for that third serve spot. Josh Malone is going to be in the mix. We'll have to see the John Ross, Brandon LaFell situation. Who's going to be emerging there as the busiest number two behind AJ Green. So far it's defaulted to LaFell. He's had some fantasy moments, but that's about it. So... This team often uses uh, two tight end sets. So you're looking at two wide receivers, mainly being productive here. So Boyd, Core, Malone, Ross, I want to see if anyone can emerge there to push LaFell for a more regular role. But right now, and saving the best for last, it's all about A.J. Green here. Got has the New Deal in hand. This all sets up high volume for Green as they fight off these other positions here to figure out who's going to be the number two and number three here in Cincinnati. LaFell again, Default, nothing exciting about him. You want to see one of these guys. Right now, the bet is with Cor or Ross. I would go Ross a little bit more, being the first-round pick from last year. But keep in mind, he's a straight-line speedster there, and he's coming off an injury-riddled rookie season. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, Green entrenched as a wide receiver one here in fantasy. Everyone else, wait and see approach. I'm not going to draft anyone higher than a wide receiver four here, even LaFell in this mix, we know that he was often just waiver wire fodder last year, even in that role. I think Ross and his upside would be a lot more intriguing to look at there from the Bengals. Now, I mentioned the Cleveland Browns, and they're a little bit more inspiring now to talk about than the Bengals here and the Ravens as well in fantasy football. Enter Tyrod Taylor. You can check out that article I mentioned earlier that I wrote at SportingNews.com, why they need to start Tyrod Taylor. Baker Mayfield is tempting, and I think if Baker gets gets a shot to play as a rookie is the first overall pick in the 18 draft, that he's going to be on the fantasy radar. But Tyrod Taylor, I'm bumping right into the QB1 status. It's just hard to ignore what he has around him, really. I mean, the weapons are good. We know Taylor can run pretty well. We know he's not going to turn over the ball to high volume. We know he's got much better talent around him here than he had in Buffalo. So Mayfield right now is probably going to sit. So you're not going to put him on the radar just yet until there's any indication he can displace Taylor. There's little chance of that right now with Hugh Jackson really behind Taylor. And Taylor's just good, and that's the bottom line. It's not a recycled uh, stopgap the way that some of these other Cleveland quarterbacks have been. They went out and traded for him. Still has a lot of value. Took his team to the playoffs last year. Went to the Pro Bowl just a few years ago. Caliber of quarterback they've not had in Cleveland. And a quarterback that has not had the caliber of talent around him here. Drew Stanton is going to be the pure backup there if something were to happen. Taylor early when Mayfield's not ready coming over for the from the Cardinals. Now I mentioned why we like Tyrod Taylor. Jarvis Landry, I mean, you get him, he's an instant offense. there, short to intermediate routes, so racking up catches. We know he can be used and be more effective more in the red zone as the Dolphins used him that way last year. So that's a great news there. And then you know Josh Gordon's on the outside as your number one. It doesn't really matter right now that they're figuring out number three receiver technically. Landry's going to be the slot. Gordon's going to be definitely outside as the number one. And the speed threat as well. So now they have to find somebody else to compliment him. But even in that case. Whether it's Corey Coleman. Kind of uh, fading as a first round pick from 2016. He got Ricardo Lewis. He got Rashard Higgins. Jeff Janis down the mix. The fourth round rookie Antonio Callaway. Whole bunch of receiving options there. But in the end I think it's going to be mainly the Gordon Landry. Target monster show for the Browns. And that's totally fine for Tyrod Taylor. So. Taylor, I mentioned, is a back-end QB1, an underrated QB1, I think, when you look at his numbers, especially with what's around him. Josh Gordon, I'm going to go conservative and go wide receiver 2, but I think he has wide receiver like one upside. And Jarvis Landry, especially in the PPR, is wide receiver 2 appeal here. So the fact that it's uh, Coleman and Lewis and Higgins and Janice and Callaway and some of these other guys battling for the third wide receiver duties makes the value of Gordon Landry all that much better overall. Now, if you're looking for any receiving help here beyond that to help uh Taylor put up points, you can look at Darren Fells and uh David Njoku. Their tight end N- Njoku is going to probably carve out a bigger role as a receiver, than the first round pick there in 2017. They still have Seth Deval hanging around. So some guys at tight end that can definitely score and put in some points there for Taylor. And we look at the running game. Carlos Hyde comes in, Nick Chubb, but Still, Duke Johnson's going to be that heavily involved, third-down type back, receiving situations. Johnson, I think, is the guy I have higher hopes for because Chubb and uh, Hyde can't cancel each other out. You don't like split early-down work, which at least we didn't have in Cleveland last year with Isaiah Crowell there alone. But you have Chubb versus Hyde battling out. Hyde, probably surprised they drafted Chubb in the second round there out of uh, Georgia. But Chubb is a guy that really can't... uh, do anything on third downs here. And Hyde has some receiving ability. So right now, Chubb has to be an early down option only. Johnson, we know they've given him some opportunity to run the ball early, but he's still pretty much a high-volume receiving back. And uh, Hyde is somewhere in the middle. He's going to have to be that swing man to stay on the field over two very specific players that are very good at their roles here, whether it's uh, Chubb from his days of Georgia or Johnson from his days of Miami and now in Cleveland for several years. He's also looking for a contract as well. So I'm liking Duke Johnson Jr. a lot. RB2, whether it's PPR or not. I think PPR is a stronger RB2. Hyde and Chubb, because their presence is together. Hyde coming over from San Francisco and free agency. Chubb in the draft are going to pretty much split that early down and uh, make it hard to trust either in fantasy. The offensive line got a mild upgrade there. But they did lose... Joe Thomas, so it's a little hard, but on the right side, they do get Chris Hubbard at tackle from uh, the Steelers there, the rival Steelers taking him away to put there between uh, the tight end and uh, Kevin Zeitler at guard. There's J.C. Treader returns. The interior is very strong with Joe Petunio as well, left guard. This Browns team, going to be a good running team here, but uh, I think you still trust Johnson more than the other two guys. just because you know he's got a built-in role and high-volume as a receiver now we're talking a lot about these teams the ravens the bengals and browns the best way to keep up with all your favorite teams or maybe you're just one favorite team is on locked on nfl network all our team by team podcasts do a great job they carry you through the entire offseason anything you need to know anything you may have missed whatever's happening in the otas and minicamp we've got you covered here in locked on nfl network it's your Beat Report, week by week, delivered in convenient listening format, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, I'm proud to be part of that. And work continuing strong here going into 2018. So check all those shows out. As well as uh, basketball, we've got you covered. The NBA Draft is coming up. Two teams left in the finals, the Warriors and Cavaliers. But those two teams, all the things you need to know about what's coming from the draft and our MLB Team-by-team podcast as well. So all over the place, any sport, whatever you like in American team sports, we've got you covered on the Locked On Network. Now the final team, we saved the team that is the marquee for last, and the alphabet kind of played a part of that. Pittsburgh Steelers there. And Steelers... We'll start with the biggest news so far of the offseason is Le'Veon Bell and that contract and see where he's going there. Franchise tag, eventually he's going to start and play with it. I think it's a good news that he's not out there trying to risk himself in OT and minicamp. He knows his offense back and forward. doesn't matter if it's a slight change here going away from uh, Todd Haley. They're going to still keep a lot of the concepts with Randy Fickner there. So Haley going to the Browns and helping out that situation. So, there's no reason for Bell to be there. We know that being injured can be a big part of this part of the offseason. So, we're fine. He's going to stay in shape, stay healthy. He's still going to be the workhorse. He's still going to fight for his big role here. James Conner, we'll see if they work him a little, little bit more as a backup. But, Bell just does so much, means so much for both the running and the passing games. It's really hard to take him out. So, that hasn't changed. He's still going to be an elite RB1 for you. The quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger. So, I guess the secondary news there was Mason Rudolph was taken in the third round out of Oklahoma State to presumably be groomed as a successor. We have Jarvis Landry, a fourth-round pick in 2013, Joshua Dobbs, fourth-round pick from last year, also in the mix. But Rudolph, you would think the way they drafted him and the timing of this draft pick with Roethlisberger, he wasn't too thrilled about it, he wants to root for Dobbs. Here a little bit more sees Jones is still being affected, but Jones is also a free agent here, so it was going to be eventual. Roethlisberger is getting older; he's getting broken down. He's hinted at retirement. Rudolph is inevitable for right now. Roethlisberger's in the mix, and he's still going to be that frustrating, inconsistent guy in fantasy. I don't lock into Roethlisberger at all anymore as a QB one. He's a QB one, yes, but I want to be able to stream him and not just say I'm going to plug him in every week. We know this road. Home splits have been a factor there as well. But uh, Roethlisberger, you look at it. Now, the situation in the passing game hasn't changed too much. With him. Antonio Brown returns. as a clear cut, number one. You have Martavis Bryant gone, but Juju Smith-Schuster was the guy anyway. Lighting it up there as the number two. Now slides into clear number two. No slot duties here. We'll see who draws those here. you got a few different options as well. So, no more Eli Rogers there. So, you're going to find out what's going on. James Washington, the rookie there out of Oklahoma State as well. You have Darius Hayward Bay still around. Uh, Justin Thomas to the 49ers. A free agent there has been in the mix. Justin Hunter still around. So, still a lot of question marks, but... What, he, what this lines up to is Antonio Brown, wide receiver one. I think Juju Smith-Schuster is good enough to be a wide receiver two. I really do in this situation, just with lesser options and no more Bryant in there. Washington is going to try to replace Bryant, but he's going to be a lesser factor. So Brown, again, wide receiver one. Juju Smith-Schuster, wide receiver two. As they sort out the rest of that receiving core post Bryant, we'll see what they do. But uh, mainly that's where the action is going to go. At tight end, we know Jesse James had that uh, controversial play going against him, against the Patriots that may have cost the Steelers there in the long run. Uh, could have gotten them a better matchup in the playoffs. And uh, eventually they just lost to the Jaguars in uh, bad fashion there. So you got Jesse James coming into the mix. Vance McDonald, now a full off season here. We'll see how much more they involve him in the passing game there after they traded him traded for him. From San Francisco late in that offseason last year. Xavier Grimble still around. But McDonald versus James should be interesting. I still think they'll lean toward James. Because he's got the trust of Roethlisberger. And has been in this offense a little bit more. But McDonald, watch out. He's got some upside here. But neither again is a tight end one. They're tight end two. Occasionally matchup based at this very moment. But McDonald could definitely carve up a bigger role. Especially with uh, the slots situation and flux here in Pittsburgh behind Brown and Smith Schuster their offensive line what you can say is still one of the better ones in the league Alejandro Villanueva locking things down at left tackle even after losing Chris Hubbard they're still very happy about what they have in the offensive line Ramon Foster Marquise Pouncey David DeCastro and Marcus Gilbert a very strong unit here so still mostly about the killer bees here RB1 Bell RB or wide receiver one Brown and Roethlisberger is that DeBordaline borderline QB1, where you try to put him in a streaming platoon situation. And if you're going to look at any defense in this division, it's going to be hard, but streaming-wise, I think you have to look at Cleveland most here for sure. So they just have some options, but it's going to be hard to find any matchup where you feel really good about using Cleveland. So the Steelers still work in progress to me. They do have some playmakers, but just don't make enough plays for me yet. So I think Steelers can be a matchup-based play as well, but... Overall, I think the defense and the options here in this division are rather disappointing, and the offense has a lot better upside and intrigue as uh, some things are definitely in flux on all four teams. So there you have it. There's a breakdown of the AFC North, kind of uh, what's happened in the offseason, how things have changed for every team from the Ravens to the Steelers. So thanks so much for listening. Uh, Please uh, continue to listen as we uh, go through the divisions here and uh, break things down for you and get you a good idea, get you reset for training camp so it can uh, further help you build your cheat sheet and draft boards for 2018 for On fantasy football. This has been Vinnie Iyer. We'll see you next time.